What's going on, everyone, and welcome in to this edition of Be Shafe Daily. Brennan Schaefer here with you in the evening hours of Saturday, April 22nd, 2023. Oh my goodness, when will the pain end <laughs> for Cardinals fans? Well, it wasn't tonight. No, the pain continued. And they, they drew it out and made it just about as painful as possible by Tommy Edmond hitting that late home run in the ninth inning tonight at Seattle to make it 5-4 to four instead of 5-3. to three. As the Cardinals fall to the Mariners once again, yeah, they make it a one-run game, and so you're able to look at the bright side, right? Everybody's feeling the bright side tonight? No, maybe not. Nope, it's uh, yeah, frustrating times uh, to be a Cardinals fan. But, hey, yeah, you can join us as we uh, commiserate and discuss the situation and whether it's still early or whether it's time to panic and all that good stuff right here on B-Shape Daily. So thank you guys for joining me again tonight. It might get difficult to do so if the Cardinals keep losing all season. I, I can still say it's early enough to where, like, it's not a guarantee that this season's going to be a, a complete bust. But, man, the further they sink below 500, the more I wonder, what kind of Cardinal season are we actually going to get? We knew that this West Coast road trip had the potential to be a grueling one, and it has not started off on the right foot as the Cardinals have dropped the two opening games in Seattle. So, 5-4 losers on Saturday. We'll talk about the game, break it down. The, the start by Miles Michaelis, I mean, it's deja vu all over again, right? We see a Cardinals starter have an inning or two that, that trips them up. They're able to settle down in about the third inning, fourth inning, fifth inning, right? We've seen that before. And then you get into the sixth, and it's gone. Teoscar Hernandez takes Miles Michaelis deep there in the sixth inning. And so that, I think, sort of uh, exacerbates the problem and the issue with the offense not taking full advantage of their opportunities against Luis Castillo tonight. Heard from Ollie Marmel on the Bally Sports postgame show, so I'll explain my thoughts on what he had to say about the Cardinals' performance. I think for me it's a case of it's really difficult at this point with the way the team has been playing, to have it both ways. And it feels like, even though there may not be anything else for Ollie Marmel to say in this moment, because he is probably rather confused and surprised by the the performance that his team has put together th- uh, through the month of April so far. And we're not over with April, but by the end of this road trip, that'll about be the case. And so far, it has not been so good for the Cardinals. You know, with the loss fall to 8-13 and 13 on the season, but I felt like Ollie was maybe trying to have it both ways a little bit in the post game, And so I'll kind of explain what I mean by that, and we'll just kind of we'll stew in this for a little bit. If you have topics, if you have points of view that you would like shared on B-Shafe Daily in the future, let me know at B-Shafer12. Love hearing from you guys on Twitter. Also want to plug the Patreon, patreon.com slash B-Shafer12. We'll have more bonus podcasts coming uh, throughout the, the season, and that'll be something that I really ramp up with this next week as the Cardinals continue this road trip, finishing up in Seattle on Sunday, but then it's off to San Francisco. Then they've got the Dodgers. So, and the, and the Giants aren't playing all that well. They did beat the Mets today, but that may be an opportunity for the Cardinals going against a, a team that has also kind of struggled out of the gate that maybe didn't expect to do so. And we'll see how the Cardinals match up with them, but they got to finish up in Seattle first. But nevertheless, patreon.com slash bshafer12 is where you can find the bonus podcasts, and any other bonus content. This is also a way for you to support the show if you enjoy it. Make sure, though, that you're subscribed on YouTube. Make sure that you, and that's youtube.com slash at 12 
Make sure you check it out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, too, if you like the audio-only versions of the show. Let's go ahead, though, and hop right into the Cardinals' loss on Saturday, 5-4 to four once again over, I should say, under. 5-4 to four to the Mariners as they drop to 8-13 and 13 on the season due to the Cardinals. The outing by Miles Michaelis was good until it wasn't, right? It's the same thing as it ever was. The Cardinals are, what, 21 games into the season with two quality starts uh, to their credit on the year, both of them by Jordan Montgomery. You thought maybe tonight would be a night where they might be able to get a third, and based on what Ali Marmol said after the game, the Teoscar Hernandez at bat was not the reason they didn't come up with a third because that was going to be the last hitter for Miles Michaelis, regardless of the outcome of it, because they had Zach Thompson ready for the left-handed bats upcoming thereafter. So that Hernandez at bat was evidently the last Michaelis was going to see in the game, no matter what happened. And unfortunately for him and for the Cardinals, it happened that Hernandez hit a long way to center field and tied the game after the Cardinals had built up a nice little 3-1 to lead. So Miles wasn't getting through the six, but he could have finished with five and two-thirds and only one run allowed, and that would have been not a quality start technically, but it would have been one of the best starts of the year by a Cardinal starter. And it would have been really necessary because I think had he retired Hernandez there or maybe if he had just walked him, if he had just not made the fatal mistake in that spot, the Cardinals very well might have won this game. But as it turns out, they didn't. And so we're sitting here once again talking about a Cardinals game in which, well, the starter, he's asked about it, always asked about it, and threw the ball well, made a couple of mistakes. Sure, we've seen that so many times over the 21 games so far this season, especially over those 13 losses. Some of those 13, the starter has just been terrible, right? Jordan Montgomery gave up six runs in the fourth the other day. I guess you could say, well, outside of that inning, he was, he was really good. It sounds silly, right? It's not so so much that it sounds silly to say that Michael is, was good outside of the couple of pitches that he wasn't good, but maybe that's the point. At some point, when are those pitches not going to be thrown in the outing? And if that point's not coming soon, if it's just going to be the case where a few mistakes are made per outing and those happen to be the mistakes that are punished by the opposition, when comes the point where we go, yeah, maybe this Cardinals rotation is the problem and it's not all that it was cracked up to be. And I'm not even saying it was cracked up to be all that much, but by the team, it certainly was. Remember back to winter warm-up. I thought it was such an interesting quote by John Mozalek at the time because it was memorable and it was going to be one that was easy, I felt, to come back to. Because sometimes things are said and you go, wait a minute, didn't they say that? Shouldn't we hold them to that two months, six months, a year down the road? But this one, I thought, well, no, but I'm not going to forget this one. Because John Mozalek was talking about the moves made or maybe not made in the offseason by the Cardinals. And he was talking about the starting rotation. And the fact that they didn't really, as a front office, pursue or, or, or consider making a major splash or addition to that group. And I'm going to go ahead and pull up the quote. I'm going to play the audio just so I'm not putting words into Mo's mouth or, or paraphrasing or anything like that. You can hear it verbatim. Here's what I'm talking about, and then I'll explain kind of how I think this is a a quote or a, a statement from the team that'll follow the Cardinals throughout the rest of this summer as we see what this rotation that they have put together is all about. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people had us like connected to the shortstop market, the starting pitching market, and, and candidly, we really weren't all that active in that. Now that might be a strategic mistake, 
and you know, in hindsight, six months from now or a year from now, we can look back at that and say, okay, we probably should have. Or, you know, our hope is is that we are right, and, and it won't be something that uh, we regret. So there was John Mozeliak about mid-January, acknowledging that the team didn't pursue, they didn't get involved in that market. He says candidly. People thought we were in, and he mentioned the shortstop market too. Those were two things that were talked a lot about last winter. And Mozeliak saying, yeah, we didn't really look too hard at the shortstop thing, uh, nor did we the starting pitching thing. And the pitching one is obviously the one that is is going to get the most attention because every night we're talking about it with the starting pitching and how it the Cardinals just might not have enough at this point. And, like, I can understand how the Cardinals looked at the group that they had and said, well, we're not going to do anything substantial. Even though we thought maybe this group isn't going to be the most talented in the league and it may not be in the top half, there's potential there for it to be fine. But more than that, well, we're paying everybody. This is what I keep coming back to when it comes to the rotation. Who are you taking out? Maybe the answer is going to become more obvious as time goes on. But I always I always do, and maybe this is wrong, but I always do think of it in terms of the contracts as part of the conversation. Because, like, okay, Miles Michaelis had a five and a third and gave up three runs tonight. You're not taking Miles Michaelis out of the rotation. I know that, nor should you. And they're paying him for the next two years now after they've extended him since the quote I played from Mo that that was something that they did to address what they hoped would be securing things for the 24-25 rotation when they extended Michaelis at spring training. But Miles Michaelis isn't leaving the rotation, nor should he. Like, he didn't pitch badly tonight. But it's just kind of more of the same, where if that's one of the better starts you get from somebody, that's one of the higher-end outings you're getting from anybody in your rotation, that's your ceiling right now as a rotation, oh, man, that's tough. That is tough. Because it was a fine outing, but it wasn't brilliant. It didn't get deep into the game. The bullpen still had to log several innings. And against Luis Castillo, who after the game, Ollie Marmel said multiple times, is one of the best pitchers in the game so far this year. Ollie said three or four different times when asked about the Cardinals stranding six runners in the first four innings and not being able to really maximize offensively against Luis Castillo. He said, listen, we got seven hits and three runs against him. That's more than a lot of teams are going to do. At one point he said, hey, seven, seven hits and three runs against Castillo. That's not terrible. It's not terrible. I don't think anybody would call it terrible. It's really unfortunate that you strand the bases loaded in the first inning. Like, that was a moment where I thought, if the Cardinals gap one here, like if Wilson Contreras gaps one instead of striking out, if Tyler O'Neill with the bases loaded and two outs gaps one instead of striking out, Cardinals win this game. You could have known it from the top of the first inning. It could have, it could have had that type of impact on the game, I felt at the time. And I felt coming into the game that the Cardinals were going to win. Coming into the game, I looked at the numbers for guys like Arnado, Goldschmidt, and especially Contreras against Luis Castillo. And I thought, you know, this feels like one where they get a little bit of get a little bit of that edge that we talked about Wednesday against Mad Bum, and they they go off, they tee off on a really good pitcher. And they started the game by taking really good at bats, Newt Barr, Burleson getting on base. They had it set up to deliver. I'm not gonna call it a knockout blow in the first inning, but they had they had a chance to throw a haymaker there in the top of the first inning, and they didn't do it. And at that point, I thought, oh, boy, did they just lose this game with what was, by all accounts, a nice inning for the team, right? Like, you get that many guys on base, you come up with a run in the top of the first against Luis Castillo, who's been throwing the ball really well. 
there are positives to take away from that. But knowing where this team has been recently, I did not have positive takeaways from that top of the first. You have to make a guy pay when you've got him on the ropes. You have to. It's great. Ollie Marmel, I know, he sits there and says, hey, seven hits, three runs against Castillo is more than a lot of teams are have done to him so far this year, and it's more than a lot of teams will do. I get that. But your team was in a spot where they, they could have done so much more. Six left on base in the first four innings. Castillo is a really good pitcher. Cardinals, though, have a lineup that's familiar with him. I thought it was going to be an advantage to St. Louis, and even some of the guys without as much familiarity. Some of the younger guys like a Newt Barr and a, and a Burleson, they're getting it going in the, in the top of the first. It was on a platter there to be a crooked number in the first inning, give Michaelis that little bit of cushion, and he gives up the home run to Kalanick, who's off to a ridiculous start. Post-hype, he is, he's going to have a great season. He was supposed to do it last year as a rookie and didn't, but Kalanick's still a really good player. And then you give up, you know, Teoscar Hernandez is a good player. They've got good players on the other side too. But the Mariners came into this series just like the Cardinals at 8-11. So it's not like like you can't just every team you play is like, well, they're just a really good ball club. At the beginning, it's like, okay, yeah, they played the Blue Jays, they played the Braves. Those are two really good teams, and, and there are going to be other good teams that you see. I think the Mariners are one of them. I think the Mariners do round into uh, becoming a playoff team. Yes, they have nasty relievers coming out of that bullpen. Matt Brash, ridiculous slider. He's good. You know, th- these relievers are making Goldie and Arenado look really bad. They're in, I think it was the seventh inning. Both of them striking out on the half-swing slider off the plate. That was a brutal brutal sequence. But those are two MVP candidates. They're not suddenly not MVP candidates because of a couple of bad days. Goldie's had like three games in a row without a hit or something, I think I heard uh, the Mad Hungarian say on the, the post game. So, like, it's a, it is what it is. Like, you're going to go through those stretches. But, man, the Cardinals are having those stretches and they're compounding on one another early in the season. And so, like, that's from an offensive perspective, right? I started by talking about the pitching. Here's how it interconnects. You can't have it both ways. It's got to be one or the other where the offense didn't do its job because they stranded so many base runners against the starter. And and John Denton had asked Dolly, and if you were watching the post game, Asked him, you know, even after they had kind of talked about it, John kind of circled back and asked about the six left on base in the first four innings again. And Ollie was a little indignant and said, you know, if we hadn't got anybody on base, you'd be asking me about that. And sort of left it there. Which, okay, I get it, man. Cardinals should get mad, honestly. I don't care if it's at the media. I don't care if it's at at breaking some bats. I don't care what it is at this point. They got to have somebody develop. They got to get pissed off and find their way out of this a little bit. I thought maybe it had happened Wednesday. You know, they found that edge. Contreras can be a leading catalyst in that sort of thing. Wednesday, they get the big win. Well, they've now lost two in a row again, and so it's kind of like, all right, that was not a season-defining moment, clearly. Might have been a career-defining moment for Mad Bum, but for the Cardinals, it it, it may not have defined all, all that much beyond that very day. And now you're kind of back to where you were. There's always the risk in that. But the Cardinals need to find some some way to gain that edge and then pile some wins on top of each other. And they're so close. And so many of these games are close. And we continue to say it's early and people don't like to hear that. And at a certain point, you won't be able to say it. Remember I talked about the Goldschmidt quote the other day that he gave to Jeff Jones and, and Jeff tweeted out about how 
this is a fair game, and at the end of the season, you are what your record says you are. And so while Goldie reiterated that there's confidence in the clubhouse about the ability to turn this around, he basically said what I've been saying is that it won't be early forever, and eventually your record is just who you are. Cardinals think in that clubhouse that they're a really good team. Okay, they might be. But right now they're 21 games into a season. They're five below 500, and they're two games into a 10-game road trip that is going to be well, it's not going to get any easier from here. They do get Jack Flaherty Sunday afternoon. That is, you can draw that up as a as as much of a must win as you can get in April. That feels like a, a stopper situation. If you've got a stopper in your rotation, it's him right now, and he has a chance to be that Sunday afternoon. But it comes back to me, like if you're talking about the, the margins in these games, they're slim, I get it. It looks even slimmer when Tommy Edmond homers there in the ninth inning. From the left side, by the way. I told you he was going to go back to batting lefty. It was a one-off. I knew it was going to be against uh, George Kirby in that first game on Friday. He looked good lefty tonight. Granted, Seawald, Paul Seawald, came out of the bullpen and left one hanging over the middle of the plate. So, you know, he's a big league hitter. He paid for it. Good swing by Tommy. He goes two for four, stole a base in the game. Cardinals need to do more of that, too, by the way. Like, Get mad, get aggressive. It happened on Wednesday. You had Nolan Arenado part of a double steal Wednesday. Remember that? I get it. I heard after the game, Al Herboski was saying, well, they haven't been, they've been trailing a lot, so it's harder to do. I almost, I almost don't agree. I think you almost have to make your own luck in this game. And if you're trailing, so what? You got to keep stealing bases. Find an edge somewhere. And if it's in, if it's in the running game, which a lot of teams have been able to, to carve out that, that advantage this year, because of the bigger bases, because of the the rules about disengagements and throwing over and checking runners, the Cardinals, man, they're always about taking, you know, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Well, find your edge in that part of the game. I like that Tommy was running tonight. Granted, I think a, a good throw and good catch probably gets him, but I don't care. Like, you have to force the opponent to to make the perfect play to get you. And if they get you, so what? The Cardinals haven't been doing a whole hell of a lot with the guys that are on first base anyway. So you might as well try to make something happen, get into scoring position, take take what you can get, be a little risky because the worst case scenario is, well, they just strand you on the bases anyway if you're out there. So, I like, try to make something happen. I don't mind it at all, whether you're winning, whether you're losing. I think they should be ultra aggressive on the bases. Make it be the right guys doing it. But the more, the merrier, I almost feel like. And if it if it starts burning you, then so be it. But I, th- I almost think that sort of aggressive mentality can add maybe the crispness to the game that they're looking for. Like, they, they haven't been crisp in all elements of the game. Certainly, base running has been a little bit suspect early on. But get aggressive. Get back to your roots on, on what you can do with that. And maybe that, that kind of gets you out of the funk. I don't know. I didn't mind it at all from Tommy Edmond. And then how about... You get you get as far as you get, and Burleson, man, he gave one a ride to end the game. I thought he might have gotten all of that one, and it kind of died in front of the warning track. But that's why I say the margins seem so thin when they have these types of losses. And so maybe that gives you confidence to say, well, it's going to turn around because they're not getting you know the hell beat out of them every time. They had this game in somewhat control until the Hernandez at bat, and then it got away from them. Zach Thompson begins the seventh inning. And, you know, this was probably one of his lesser outings. 
they still were in range to be able to to pull it off, but Gallegos comes in and gives up the two-run base hit, and now you're playing from behind. It is slim margins, but going back to what I said about you can't have it both ways, the Cardinals are in a, in a skid right now. And on a night like tonight, it doesn't feel good to go, well, You just it just is kind of what happened. And it might be like the most prudent, pragmatic truth that it is just kind of what happened. But when it just kind of happens so many times in a row, I'm not saying that Ollie getting fired up in the postgame and, and throwing chairs and stuff is going to do anything. And there's all sorts of things, by the way, that he can do behind the scenes that we won't see, especially when they're on the road and there are fewer media out there to cover it. There are things that, that are going to happen that we won't see or necessarily know about. And maybe behind the scenes, those seeds are being planted. But I just look at what was said tonight. It's like, okay, can't have it both ways. Either the offense needed to have done more against Luis Castillo, and we're not going to sit there and, and be excited about the three runs they got on the seven hits and say, well, that's that's a really good pitcher, so we we were able to, to claw and scrap against him, and we got the three runs. That's pretty good. That gave us a chance. Okay, if that's true, and we're going to be satisfied by the three runs against the opposing starter, then your starter's got to be that much better. The onus has got to go to somebody. Is it going to be on the offense on a given night? Or is it going to be on the pitching? Which one is it going to be? And I feel like, well, if you go, well, it's just one of those things. I mean, that's a great starter. We only scored three runs, but that's, you know, that's three more than than some teams are getting against him. Okay, great. But then your starter can't give up three. Like it's it's big league baseball. You gotta you win or you lose. That's the bottom line. And how you come to that matters, I think. And so you look at Miles Michaelis's day and say, well, he can't have been great too. And can't say, well, it's just those, that one pitch got him. It's not like it was soft contact. He gave up two home runs. So he didn't have a bad day, but maybe that's just where the Cardinals are. They're not elite enough right now in any one area to overcome the deficiencies of the others. Five and a third innings, three runs, keeps you in a ball game. It absolutely does. Getting three runs off of Luis Castillo keeps you in a ball game. It does. You put those two things together, okay, now the onus is on the bullpen and the onus is going to be on the offense to come up with some clutch hits in the late game. They didn't have any clutch hits in the late game. They had poor at-bats outside of the Edmund Homer in the late game. You had 15 strikeouts as an offense tonight. All right, you can give credit to the opposing relief pitchers because they've got nasty stuff, and so a lot of those those late-game at-bats after Castillo left the game, they did end in strikeouts. A lot of them did, and you can credit the opposition for that. They are. They have good relievers. A lot of teams in baseball are going to have good relievers. By definition, the job of your offense is to beat them, and then that's how you win games. So if the onus isn't on the offense in the late game because, well, those relievers were just good. But it's not on the offense stranding six in the first four innings because, well, Castillo's a really good pitcher and we're, we're lucky to have been able to get three off of him. Okay, it's not on Michaelis because, well, he pitched pretty well, but he gave up, you know, just a couple of pitches that got away from him, cost you three runs. I don't know, man. Where's the onus? Is it going to be on the bullpen that's been completely overtaxed? It's not fair to put all the blame on the bullpen. Yeah, they gave up a couple of runs there. And it made it a 5-3 game at that point. But it's not fair to put all the onus there because that's been the group that I feel like has probably been the most consistent, actually. There have been issues within it. Jordan Hicks had had a bumpy go, but I think he's kind of maybe rounding into form on the other side of that. I'm not going to put it on Zach Thompson, man. He's had He's been one of their most reliable players of the 26-man roster all year. He's allowed a bad day. 
especially with all the work he's been getting, the bullpen's been getting in general. Gallegos, I mean, one pitch gets away from him. It's not like it's a terrible pitch, but guy serves it into left field. That's two hit, uh, two runs, I should say. So the Cardinals are down 5-3, and they end up losing 5-4. Good for Tommy Eben to have that swing late from the left side. But I'm just looking at every aspect of this game and going, all right, well, where's the onus on the on the loss? How did how did how did it come to this? And doing hot take radio and flipping over chairs as as a podcast guy or as a writer or as a you know, whatever you are, fan, you can do anything you want. But me sitting here and and being like, oh, this team sucks. You know, sometimes it might feel that way. But there's nothing productive about that, and I don't think it's true. I still don't think it's true. But that doesn't mean in an individual game, which doesn't happen in a vacuum, because we can say, well, gosh, this this experience feels awfully similar to the ones we've been talking about recently when they lose these close games. I think it's fine to, to talk through these things and go, well, what is it about this team right now that's not clicking? I think it's. I think I happened upon the statement about five minutes ago. And this is a very stream of consciousness show. Oftentimes it is, but but especially on a night like tonight where I'm I'm just thinking through it like all of you guys watching or, or listening at home. I'm thinking through it going, I thought this Cardinals team was going to jump Luis Castillo today. They kind of did, just didn't take full advantage. And they still had that 3-1 to one lead. It felt like a game that they were going to run away with. And then suddenly it slips away. How did it happen? I'm asking the same questions you guys are asking. But I think I happened upon the answer. Right now, with the way the Cardinals are performing in all of their different elements of the game, they're not elite enough in any one area to overcome the deficiencies of the others. They're just, they're mediocre in a lot of different areas right now. And I don't think that's who they are as a team. But those are certainly the results that they're getting. Starting pitching results, mediocre. Again, can Miles Michaelis make good on his his two year contract extension? I think he still can. His numbers for the season don't look great, but I think he's gotten progressively better each outing. But that is that is really a a small pittance right now for Cardinals fans who are going. With the way things have started, incremental improvements from those first couple of weeks aren't going to get you very far. There has to be kind of a jolt at some point because you have to. You have to swing the pendulum in the other direction enough to fix the eight and thirteen. You have to get, you have to claw back toward five hundred first, and then you can think about the division. I think the Brewers won again today. What's that? A seven-game lead for them, maybe over the Cardinals. It's not really even productive to look at that right now. This team's just got to get to five hundred. This team's got to win a series. I mean, it, there are all sorts of ways to look at it, and I think on paper. Most areas of this roster should be just a little better than they've been, and maybe a little better because we've talked about those thin margins. A little better in each area. Starting pitching just make one fewer mistake per game, which allows them to get a little deeper, which allows the bullpen to be a little more rested, which allows or allows them to enter with a lead instead of a tie game. The offense just come through a little bit more often with those clutch hits. Battle one little iota more in those at-bats with runners in scoring position. And you might squeak across an extra run or two that end up making the difference. Even if one of those things happens tonight, the Cardinals probably win. But you can't keep saying that all year, right? Remember what Goldschmidt said. Eventually, like, we think we're a good team, but our record's going to tell you after the season's over. We won't be able to say, yeah, but at that point, we won't be able to make excuses at that point. It will just be what it is. That point has not arrived yet. 
but I'm just looking at the different areas and going, on paper, the lineup should be more productive than it's been, more consistent than it's been. And again, five runs tonight, or pardon me, four runs tonight. I think you'd like to see more than that. But if you said, hey, they scored four in the Luis Castillo game, I, I would say, all right, that could be enough to win, but that's going to put the onus on the pitching staff in a way that they haven't necessarily consistently been able to accomplish between starter and reliever and that that combination. And again, the four runs against Castillo is fine. I don't think it's anything to be celebrated. I only mentioned it three or four different times as a point of pride, I and I get it that, yeah, it's true. Other teams probably are oftentimes going to score fewer than three runs against Luis Castillo the way he's been pitching. I think at some point you got to say, though, the bar can be raised. The bar can be raised. The expectations can be raised within a game. It's okay to be disappointed to say, yep, that was not enough. And behind closed doors again. I make too much of what the manager says after the game because a lot of times I'm there for it. Other other times I'm watching it on TV like tonight. And it doesn't really matter maybe all that much. But I'm looking at it and going, something's got to give in some area. You know how many times this year the Cardinals, like, okay, they scored four runs tonight. You know how many times this year four would have been enough to win a game for the Cardinals? I think the number is three times in 21 games that they have allowed fewer than four runs. They had a 3-0 win against the Pirates on the 14th of April. They beat the Brewers on the 8th of April, 6-0. And on April 1st, they beat the Blue Jays 4-1. Those are the three times all year they've allowed fewer than four runs. So if you get to four... The other team can get to four, and you, at minimum, you'd have to go to extra innings. So I'm, I'm saying four runs to win the game for the Cardinals has only happened three times. So if you came into today saying, hey, four runs against Luis Castillo in the, in the Castillo start, you go, okay, that's pretty solid, but based on the way this team's been pitching, I don't think it's going to win in the game, and it didn't. They got four runs. They had an opportunity for so many more, and we can say, well, seven, seven hits, three runs against Castillo. That's pretty rare. It needed to be more today, especially when you spot him bases loaded in the top of the first. You got to come through in those spots. If you don't, somebody's got to pick it up later. But they didn't come through enough in the first inning. And then the pickup later didn't really happen because you had a lot of strikeouts against the relievers later in the game. And you had Tommy Edmond have one really nice swing after the lead had already been given up. And I can circle back to the beginning where I played the John Mozeliak quote about the starting pitching. Like that's only one element of this. And again, maybe not the most relevant thing in the world tonight, but I couldn't help but think of it because the start that Michaelis had tonight is very deja vu of a guy getting beaten the sixth inning. Maybe it's just one pitch. But you get into a middle of a start that was an okay start. These margins are slim. And the Cardinals looked at their lineup and said, this is, you know, we're going to keep a lot of these guys. We believe in Nolan Gorman to take a step. He has done so. He's, he looks great. He had another big hit tonight. Contreras had a big hit. That's how they came up with a couple of those runs. And within that lineup, there I, I think there are enough pieces, and I, I think they made some savvy decisions in the offseason when it comes to who they held on to. And it's not going to look great every night. I get that. Some nights the, the opposing pitching is going to just get the better of you. And I think when it comes to the Seattle bullpen tonight, that's what happened, and it's frustrating to watch it, but I think it's only more frustrating because of the fact that if they had just tagged Castillo to their capabilities, they wouldn't have needed the the later at-bats. So you've got to have one or the other, or you're probably not going to win the game. Or you've got to have Miles Michaelis be, I'm not going to say perfect, but he can't make a mistake to Hernandez in the, in the sixth inning. 
one of these things has to happen or you don't win that game tonight. And it's almost like, I don't, I'm not saying the individuals are pointing fingers at one another, but from the outside, we can look at it and go, well, the guys from the top of the first inning are pointing fingers at the guys in the later innings that didn't get their job done, which is still all of them, but stick with the metaphor for me. But then those guys are pointing at Michaelis and saying, well, we would have had it because we got him those three runs. But Michaelis point, well, the bullpen, I mean, they, I kept it a tight game. Somebody couldn't, couldn't, you know, Tommy hit that home run. If the bullpen had just done their job, we'd have won four to three. Like, I'm not saying there's actual internal strife of guys pointing fingers at one another. But when we're sitting on the outside and looking at something to blame, it's something to, to hang a loss on. You can point in so many directions on a given night. And again, they're 10 feet from tying the game with Alec Burleson in the last batter of the game. So the margins are slim. But where does it get better? I think it gets better offensively. I think it gets more consistent. But honestly, there are just going to be those games where it's not consistent because hitting a baseball is difficult. And as a lineup, there are just going to be a lot of nights where it doesn't go great. But the better teams, when those nights happen, are going to hopefully have it coincide with pitching that's elite. And the Cardinals don't have any pitching that's elite right now in terms of the rotation. They haven't shown it yet. Flaherty could be it. Michaelis could be it. Michaelis was a couple of pitches tonight from saying, hey, that was a great Miles Michaelis start, and the Cardinals won the game in part because of it. But the couple of mistakes were made. And so Jordan Montgomery, like he's had some good starts. He's had some bad ones. The last one was a bad one. Gave up the six runs in the fourth inning. Steven Matz, I think that's the maybe the most glaring name in the rotation right now because uh, Woodford's going to be replaced by Wainwright here soon. And Woodford's been fine. I mean, he's been okay for what you expect out of a number five of kind of a replacement starter. You'd like to see him be, you know, shoving out there. Some teams bring up their sixth starter, and that guy shoves. Like, that's a thing that does happen. I think it's a lot to ask of that guy in, in, in that position and organization, but it happens. Hasn't happened for Woodford. But we know Wainwright's supposed to come back. He's got to perform when he gets back, but he's got a track record of doing so. Like, you're looking at the individual guys in this rotation, and so I can look at all of them and say, yeah, it's tricky. I don't know what the Cardinals should have done to fix the rotation specifically. You could even look at some of the guys that people thought they should go out and get, like a Carlos Rodon. He's hurt. Quintana, he's hurt. So maybe it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but like you can make excuses all day for all the different things that didn't go their way, or it's a good thing they didn't do this. Ultimately, what's their record? That's all that matters. If you're I mean, if you're in John Mozalek's seat, you gotta win. This team is on paper to me too talented not to win. And right now they're not winning. And so I look at that and say, All right, he said candidly, we didn't look at the shortstop market. That's fine. Didn't look at the starting pitching market. All right. I can simultaneously understand why they didn't do that because it would have been complicated, honestly. You get to tell Steven Matz, no, you're not in the rotation to start the season. Maybe in retrospect, that should have been the case. Like if we end up seeing him have a six ERA all year and we had the capability to time travel, we would go, well, yeah, that's obviously what you should have done. But if the Cardinals thought Steven Matz was going to have a six ERA this season, They don't give him $44 million a year before that, right? Like, those are the decisions that were made. So, I don't even know if it's so much that the Cardinals should have been really active in the starting pitching market directly before the season as, hey, what they've got set up, I don't know if it was was maybe destined to fail from the beginning and there was no easy fix for it. 
Like right now, what do you do to fix the rotation? I don't think there can be any action taken on April 22nd. Now it's April 23rd. I've talked for a, a half an hour. What action are they going to take? None. What action are you going to take after Miles Michaelis goes almost a quality start? None. He kept him in the game. The offense wasn't quite good enough. The bullpen wasn't quite. They are just that close. And that's why I think there is confidence in this team. Within this team, they think they're they're going to be fine. But the record, man, the record is going to be what it is. So I don't know what the answers are right now. And, like, I don't know what you change. Everybody wants change. Everybody, He's screwing with the lineups. Get so-and-so out of the rotation. Get What are they? I mean, really, what are they going to do? I don't know. I don't know what the move is. I don't think there is a move. Getting Wainwright back might help. Like, the move is Steven Matz pitching better. The move is Miles Michaelis making one fewer mistake in tonight's outing. The move is Tyler O'Neill coming through with a clutch hit in the top of the first that can break this game open before Miles even takes the mound. Like, the move is one of those five things happening, and none of them did. I know that Matt's didn't pitch today, but you get my point. Like, you can make an argument and you could build a case that they're not that far off, and I think you'd be right. And you could also build a case that this has been an abysmal start because of their record, and I think you'd be right. Is the truth maybe somewhere in the middle? The great part of a a six-month baseball summer is we do get to find out. Ultimately, we do get to find out. And so your takes from April, keep those receipts because if if your sky is falling right now, you know, we're going to know. We're going to get to find out what's true and what's not about these teams. And it's fine to be frustrated in the moment because there's – Plenty frustrating about 8-13. and 13. It's been bad. It's been hard to watch. It's really been difficult to watch because when you combine a sluggish start with the expectations that were surrounding this team, those things, that's, that's oil and water, man. That does not mix. That's not a pretty sight. I bring up all these different things, though, about what Mo said about the rotation and where they felt they were in the offense and all these things because... I just think it's the the backdrop. It's the context of like they felt like they had this competitive team and they very well still may. But it is one of those things that at this point in April, there's there's nothing to do about it other than to see the incremental improvement from a few of these guys in a few of these clutch situations to turn 8 and 13 into, you know, 11 and 10 or 12 and 9. It feels like they're not far from having done that. It also feels like they're a world from being able to to flip the script and then and then put themselves in that spot because they got to they got to win the next game. They got to win the ones still to come. You can't change the ones that are in the past that you almost won. Can they keep the faith enough to say, "Hey, we know what we are as an offense. We know what we believe we are. Let's come through in those spots the next time." hey, we know that as a rotation, we've got all this experience and we've got talent. We just have to put it together for a few days in a row to see it. You got to see what it looks like. They haven't seen it be successful yet. And so it does become, I think, a self-fulfilling prophecy after a while. This is maybe cathartic. I don't know what you think. This might be, you might think this was the dumbest podcast of the year. I don't know. But I just wanted to look at this game and go, wow. Look at all those little spots that added up to a 5-4 to four loss in a game that, like I said, coming into it, like, you know, 
I get I get it that on paper you go, well, Michaelis has pitched poorly this year, and Castillo has pitched really well. Mariners are probably going to win this game. But I felt like this was maybe a statement opportunity for the Cardinals, and you don't make a statement with three runs off of Luis Castillo. You you keep yourself in the game. You don't make a statement with three runs against in five and a third, but you do keep your team in the game. They stayed in the game until they lost it by a run. I mean, that's they don't want that to become the story of their season, so at some point, the onus has got to go somewhere. I think it should be collective. It should be on all of all of the elements of this team to find that extra 1%, that extra 2%, because they get that, and I think over 162, it'll bear out and be okay. But being realistic and actually living through watching this team day-to-day, there are only so many days in a row that you can go and say, well, gosh, that was close. It feels the same every day, and that gets that can drain on you. And I think it can cause maybe a team of that, that's built of something lesser competitively and in, in, in their uh, in their innate fire to play this game. A team that's built of lesser can crumble under this kind of start, and then it can just become the self fulfilling prophecy of who they are. I don't think that's happened yet to the Cardinals, but we're going to be watching over the next week or so as this road trip continues. It's a tough one. We knew it would be a tough one for them. But I think they got to still find a way to salvage, you know, eight games left. I said coming in, you got to win five out of ten. I, I don't know if they'll do that at this point, but if you do anything less than four of the next eight to get the four and six on the road trip, they're in trouble. They'll have five months left to fix it, but that doesn't mean they won't be in trouble. You'll be nine or ten games back at the end of April if, if that's the way this, this month ends up. So I will be very curious to see how things go Sunday because Jack Flaherty has been pitching with a little bit more swagger. He wants to be the guy that can stop the rut for this team. He hasn't really had that vintage quintessential outing yet, right? His last outing was the same thing. I think he gave up four runs because what happened in like the sixth inning was makes the mistake. Gives up the homer, double, walk, he's out of the game. Palante gave up the grand slam. That was Flaherty's last start. He pitched really well the first five innings. One or 2% better, you turn those five in the third or whatever innings into six or I think it was actually seven because he did pitch into the seventh, just didn't record an out. But you find that extra gear and then suddenly Jack Flaherty goes seven in that game. You don't have the Palante situation ever happened. Cardinals probably win. It's one or two guys per night that can be the ones to elevate themselves by one or 2%, make the extra play, make the extra pitch, whatever the case ends up being. That's still all right there in front of the Cardinals, but the more nights that we're having the same conversation, the, the further they fade. So plenty of time left. Sure. I said I was giving it till mid May before I was really going to have concern. And I, I still am doing that by the way. Um, and you are too, because if you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to this. If you didn't, if you thought it was really that, if you thought it was over for sure, you wouldn't, you wouldn't bother like investing, which is not, I'm not trying to give you an idea. Just keep listening. Hopefully we have some fun this summer, but, uh, you know what I mean? Like you're down on the team right now and you're rightfully so, but I still think the level-headed fans out there are going to look at this and go, all right, Look at the lineup. Like, there are some good players in this lineup. I think they're going to figure it out. The bullpen's actually been pretty good overall. 
and the rotation has struggled. But even as they've struggled, we're seeing like they're not getting blown up as much recently, which is a, a low bar to clear. And I'm not saying they deserve a medal for it, but like Michaelis didn't get blown up in this game. He kept a minute. Steven Matz wasn't good yesterday, but five and a third, four innings or four runs, pardon me, gave up three in the sixth. Like it, there's a reason this feels familiar because it keeps happening the same exact way. And so they just got to get that extra gear. And suddenly I feel like things fall into place a lot better, but it doesn't happen by magic. And so we can't just assume that it will happen until it does. That's where I am. Like I said, I don't know if this was cathartic for you, but for me, I'm just kind of trying to think through this thing and go, boy, one of these days, Cardinals fans, maybe you get to wake up and it won't be Groundhog Day. We'll see. Let me know what you think at bshafer12 on Twitter. Check out YouTube. Please subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate y'all who have done so. YouTube.com slash at bshafer12. And uh, the Patreon, the bonus the bonus podcast will be coming. I think Monday will be the next one I do of those. Kind of make that a, a weekday staple. And we'll get rolling. Maybe the Cardinals will get rolling. It'll be Jack Flaherty on the mound Sunday. We'll see what they are able to do Sunday afternoon against the Mariners. And we'll be back with... Uh, Another B-Shape Daily Sunday night. Maybe it'll be a live YouTube episode. Keep tuned to Twitter at B-Shape 12. I'll announce any plans to go live there, but it's been hard to do. Like, let me know, too. If you listen to the show religiously and you're like, I would like a live at midnight after one of these West Coast games end, then uh, let me know. I, I might do one or two of them this week. It just honestly depends on the flow of things. If it's a good game, they win one and it's maybe only 11.15 or something, we could we could go for a half an hour. That's possible. But otherwise, it just feels like I'm talking to nobody because y'all are asleep. And so maybe we we just keep doing the pre-recorded. If you have a preference on that, let me know. I can't please everybody, but I can try. Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of B-Shape Daily. I can't say it was exactly all that fun, but it'll get more fun. The summer, it's not even summer. It's still spring. Summer is coming, and uh, with it, maybe the Cardinals will heat up as well. But that is going to do it for this edition of B-Shape Daily, and we'll talk to you next time on the show. Peace.